Hey, it's Delvin. You might know me as the Dark Web from the Longbox Crusade. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to be listening to. This has come out to play. It's a New Warriors podcast based on the 1990s series, The New Warriors. The New Warriors ran 75 issues. And Jared, you might know him as Death Probe, possibly the yard sale artist. Jared and I are covering all 75 of these issues and we're doing it on YouTube channel. Since we have an awesome DJ and Pat Sampson, AKA DJ Cristados, he's gonna take these and he's gonna strip the audio from the YouTube recordings that we do every second Tuesday of the month, by the way, if you wanna listen there. He's gonna take those recordings and he's gonna just give you the audio recording. So if you're a little bit busy, like most people are from time to time, you have an extra opportunity to be able to just listen to the audio. So a little bit of a warning. It's going to be a little bit rough as, you know, some of the things are going to be comments and stuff that happen right in that moment. But you still get to listen to some New Warriors goodness. Have fun. And remember, New Warriors come out to play. Play, a New Warriors podcast, is streamed live in front of an internet audience. You can join in on the live stream and chat every second Tuesday of the month on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for and follow Longbox Crusade. fake mustache and my my face recognition on the phone doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> all right here you go we're starting like professionals new warriors come out to play what bottles are those jared diet frosty root beer was it good one of my favorite go-to podcasting drinks because it doesn't have any caffeine we're usually going late just want to go to bed it's mm-hmm. delicious. It has no sugars or carbs. Nice. Nice. Mm. Nice. Doesn't do anything to spike the blood sugar and, and whatnot. Right. Yeah, you know what? We don't we don't have to do all the small talk. We can go, we get right into the show. We get right into it. We can do right into it. Right into it. All right. All right. Sweet. Hello, everybody. Welcome hey. to come out to play on the Warriors Podcast. I am Delvin, aka the Dark Web. If you're watching this on YouTube. Or wherever you might be listening, we'd love for you to hit the like and subscribe button. Like for this podcast, subscribe for Long Boss Crusade Network. And in case you're new to the show, welcome. Come play with us as we talk about Marvel Comics, the new Warriors. But first, let me introduce my warrior in arms, my compadre, the Nova to my Night Thrasher, the man with the crooked fake mustache. His name is Jared Albrick, aka Death Probe. What's going on, Jared? Hey, man, what is up? I'm slacking on my job right now. Let me see. I got to put our introduction. There we go. Well, uh, here we are at another, uh, well, a landmark episode. It's 30th. I believe this is our 30th. It is. Which means we've been doing this for oh, two years and six months. Is that right? I'm, I'm Did out, I do the math? I'm out of fingers and toes. So <laughs> it gets dicey. It is two and a half years. It doesn't seem like that long. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. All right, so my question for you uh, for this episode is, since 
Namorita is featured quite heavily on the cover and in the episode. Mm-hmm. They gave Namorita her own series right now. And you could say that, you know, they say it's going to be Namorita as the main character. She's going to have two side characters with her. Who are you picking? Nova's got to be one. Like, okay. Nova is. At- I mean, it doesn't have to be a new warrior. Yeah, just Eddie. Right. I, I think Nova has to be one. Like, because like, my name Marita experience has largely come through the new warriors. And I think it's important to not forget that part of history. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if we're going to be talking about history, I would also say you've got to have Nova in there one way or the other. Like, okay. so if I'm just to craft something just off the top of my head with those three characters, with Namorita being the person in front, I would think that uh, Namor will have sent her to uh, the surface world for some sort of mission of some sort of importance to Atlantis. And she's allowed to tell one person and only one person what it is that she's doing. And that person would be Nova, a person that she might be trusting the most. And then she has to go and accomplish whatever said mission is. Uh, and it, in line with the new warriors uh, having to toe that line, especially in this issue, maybe she would have like some sort of uh, moral dilemma of having to accomplish something you know, for her kingdom or for Namor's kingdom and for her people but it might put her at odds with what's going on with the surface world and obviously putting her at odds with herself because she has, she's half Atlantean or she's a clone, but she's half Atlantean and half um, earthen. So that's my thought. I see. It's that it's a good one. I support it. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I was going to ask you. <laughs> you know, I always ask you back. <laughs> I don't really have any thoughts on it. Um, no, hold on. So while you're thinking, I can read some what people said on the, in the chat. Auburn Elvis, welcome. Auburn Elvis says Nova and Speedball. And Jason Lady says Andromeda and Stingray. Dude, quit making up characters. No one knows who those people are. Um, <laughs> and Auburn Elvis then changed it and said Nova and Terax. So there's that uh, mm-hmm. as well. Let's see. Did anyone else come on with anything? Uh, nope. 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 That's it. Uh I will only to uh, hype someone else up. Uh, Matt Postle says, big props on the Decepticon t-shirt that I'm wearing. And I mean, it's small, but like, if you can see, like it has a lineup of Decepticons and it says usual the usual suspects. Person. Right. Um, my boy Sherman Riddle, uh, his daughter uh, came up with the idea for this. And I said, dude, I will buy the t-shirt or, or a t-shirt for that. And he's like, give me $20. And I'm like, here you go. <laughs> mm. Uh, so, you're not the only person getting shirt love in the chat. Mm, so you know you're not special. Jason Jason Lady <laughs> says a Joust t-shirt. Love that game back in the day. And of course you're special, Jared. I mean, of course. Who whoever would have said otherwise? <laughs> um let's see. Um and Matt Posso added to the people uh who the two people we would choose for the name Marita series, Nova and the Punisher. So there's that. Mm. That'll be interesting. Um, and yeah, so now with all of that said, mm. and I'll, I'll add very quickly, I, I know Joust, I know it's an 80s game, I never played it a lot. I was more, you er- know, like, yeah, early 80s arcade classic, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was more of the Miss Pac Man type, you know, I played a ton of this. Now, if you don't have any guesses, we could, or not guesses, but uh, entries into. 
the Namorita series that we're pitching, we can move on. Uh, I've decided that I'm going to do lovely ladies of leadership, and I'm going to team her up with Storm and Susan Richards. Oh my! Ooh. There you go. And and not just any ladies, powerful ladies. You know how I feel about Storm and mm-hmm. Sue Richards. I'm actually glad you're not going to join us on Wednesday. Because I'd have to hear your your diatribes on Storm's awesomeness for like a half hour on our recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know if you read the book, but it, like it's it centers heavily. We're talking about stuff we're going to record on Wednesday night. It centers heavily around uh, her extreme power levels. I saw the cover of it. Just happened to look through some of my comic books, and I saw the cover. It's like a rogue storm, and I'm like, ooh! I was looking forward <laughs> to it, and I definitely wanted to. Um, but yeah, since we're, we're go- going ahead and spilling stuff that has nothing to do with the show whatsoever, the reason why I'm not going to be at the show tomorrow is, and I didn't tell you this part of it, but, um, I got a hookup and the hookup was none other than we knew him as tech sergeant, I Neil Knowlton, oh, yeah. uh, oh. na- now retired chief, I Neil Knowlton. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he sent like a message out to some people and said, I have tickets to the Beyonce concert that's in Charlotte on Wednesday. I'm selling them at a reduced rate. Would you like, would anyone like them? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, said, I think uh-oh. I know some. Uh-oh, I think uh-oh. I, <laughs> I know someone in the household who might enjoy that. Mm. And mm. so, yeah, um, uh, this time tomorrow, I will be either in my seats or getting ready to go to the Beyonce concert with the lovely Miranda and uh, she will be having the time of her life and I will be happy that she's having the time of her life and I heard she puts on a great show. I never ever ever planned on going to a Beyonce show but I'm going. Here we are. I'm gonna be, yeah, here we are. Here and we anybody are. in our chat that, that's not going to the Beyonce show, uh, we're doing our live recording of Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles tomorrow night, the regular 9 o'clock slot and uh, that is a Crusaders Club perk. So if you haven't joined the Crusaders Club yet over on Patreon.com, I'm certain I have a banner for that. Uh, there you go. Uh, you want to get yeah. in for just a buck a month, you can join us for the live recording tomorrow night. It'll be me and uh, Jason and Pat talking Spidey and X-Men. You got a dangerous three right there. So, I mean, I know they're going to put on a good show. So looking forward to hearing that uh, at a later time. Now, with all of that said... Come out to play as a chronicling of the 1990 series, The New Warriors. The first volume of New Warriors ran 75 issues. Jared and I will cover all of this first volume as I rediscover my love for the series, help Jared find his, and we share our love and joy with the listening audience. So grab your skateboards and bucket helmets. It is time to play. The issue we'll be covering today is New Warriors issue 30. And cover credits go, and this time I've got it right for the last time, to Mark Bagley and Larry Malstead. Jared's bringing up the cover. I'm going to slide to the right. Did you hear? I don't know if you heard. That guy apparently passed today. The cha-cha real the guy slow guy? Mm-hmm. Apparently passed today. May you rest in peace. Not here. So, covers up. Jared's going to give a cool description and he's going to talk about it. Well, all right then. Let me go ahead and actually turn the banner off so we can have a better look at it. Here we go. It is New Warriors 30. The New Warriors logo is red with white highlights. They are in there. I guess olive drab. OD green corner box. You got the floating heads of Firestar, Speedball, Rage, and uh, Nova, and Namorita. The main action focuses heavily on Namorita. 
as uh, she is front and center packing two uh, sub machine guns. Side note, if she fires the one that she's aiming straight forward, she's going to break her wrist. Well, she's super powered, so she probably won't break her wrist. It's just not good technique. That's all I'm saying. Uh, in the background, you have Rage and Firestar and Nova and people. They're sort of sort of spidering out from the background to give it a little bit of energy. But the background itself is just sort of a, a wash of grays and greens and yellows. It has a blurb that says, trapped in a horrific desert conflict, has Namorita finally gone too far? This land must burn. And then there's a weird little advertisement beyond the new, uh, beyond video, the new Dragon Quest game. Got a cover slot on that. I mean, I like Dragon Quest. But anyway, uh, it focuses on Namorita <laughs> holding two submachine guns. So there you have it. What do you think about it? I mean, it's it's a good cover in it. It depicts what uh, the, you know, uh, what the story's about. It's got the characters that are in the Middle Eastern conflict with her. It's very 90s, and they get, you know, it's got the submachine guns. This is the era of, you know, Punisher and Cable and stuff like that. So, guns, 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 you know. Tigers are playing tonight. Never miss a game. If you got that reference, sound off in the chat. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very, very 90s. And, and as I say over on our G.I. Joe show a lot, I think the score you would give this cover is heavily dependent on how much you like the character of Name Rita. It's a very good drawing of her. Uh, and it's uh, and speaking of which, before we go on, it's time for bonus material. If for those of you watching, I got a little something extra for you. Our good friend who could not make it to the chat, at least I don't think he made it to the chat. So he told me he wasn't going to be able to make it tonight. Comic Foil owns the original uh, cover, and he sent me a picture. So there it is. That's the original Ooh. artwork. He it he sent me a photo of it and uh i told him i was gonna show on the show and tell everybody it was mine just to be a jerk but ah credit where it's due comic foil sent in there is the original uh inks uh definitely inks uh, I, I bet he inked it right over it's probably original pencils and inks uh, that's what it looks like in, at his house pretty super sweet I'm impressed that is really cool i like that so there you have it there's the uh there it is published there it is in its original form published so what form published form published back to you Dove. <laughs> i was just gonna ask you what did you think about the cover i like it oh i told you that already <laughs> so i like it it's dependent on whether or not you like name marina <laughs> okay and i like it too selfishly i what it makes me wonder is did mark bagley have any intentions of leaving this book and here's what i mean by that you know how if a cover artist knows that it's their last cover they kind of do like a thank you, you know, like a swan song. Mm, you know, I'm gonna yes. The entire, you know, montage of the warriors or my time here and a thank you, whatever. I wonder if this was the point because, you know, Bagley clearly is a guy that gets ahead of his game on his covers and his pencils and stuff. If he, this is right around the time that he got the offer to Amazing Spidey and then started doing some drawing uh, for that. That said, you're right. This is a great cover of uh, Name Marita. Name Marita is looking powerful, you know, and, and and lovely, like you know she is. And it's got you know from different angles, all the characters kind of doing the you know action scenes. And I'm glad that you're here to tell me about 
salt machine guns and that if she held it like that and tried to fire, she would break her wrist because I, you know, you know me, don't give me no gun, but um, <laughs> you already know what I'm going to do. <laughs> but yeah, um, it it is a good cover. And I, I certainly wish that um, had Mark Bagley known that it was going to be his last cover, that maybe he could have done some awesome, beautiful montage. Man, speaking of, maybe I need to reach out to Mr. Bagley. It's like, dude, if you gave me, if you gave a New Warriors drawing, like, I would, I would, I would pay a, a pretty hefty ransom for a commissioning for him for that. But mm. that's something else said entirely. Good cover, though. Good cover. Um, I'm missing Night Thrasher. I know that he's not in this story. He was mentioned in the book, of course. But I'm missing, I'm missing Night Thrasher. Um, and I kind of wonder how Night Thrasher would have done in this story. It's clear that Fabian wanted to move the attention away from him uh, after the events of Nothing But the Truth, understandably so. But I'm kind of missing him a little bit and kind of missing him a little bit on the cover. He was getting his own uh, miniseries, just came off his own miniseries. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know what? That's also a good point. It's a good point to mention that because I guess they at least thought enough of uh, Dwayne that they wanted to feature him in his own book. And they did do that for a time. Let's rate this thing one to 10 nightsticks is how we do it on Come Out to Play. Jason Lady's the only one I saw rated so far. He gave it a seven, said he likes it okay. It does the job. Feel free to chime in with more ratings if you want to, audience. Welcome, Courtney, uh, who just came into the chat. And uh, I'll go first. It's good. Um, it is like Bagley has had better covers. Bagley and Malstead team has had better covers. But this is a good cover. Uh, I would be inclined to give it a seven. I'm going to bump it to an eight because uh, Namorita's feature. I like Namorita and I like that she is drawn um, looking uh, very powerful in the picture. What do you think? I'm going to agree with you. I also like the way the colorist did the fade in and outs of the of the greens and the mustardy yellows in the background. For some reason, it just adds well. So, yeah, I'll I'll. I'll match your eight on this cover. I think it's it's pretty good. I uh, part of that might be because I really uh, like the way Bagley draws name Marita, especially when you go inside and you compare it to um, what's his name, Derek. Derek Roberts. He's Derek's still doing very angry name Marita on like every page, and this makes her strong and fierce, but not with that ah fate that Derek's loving right now and. I mean, they're still good drawings. Derek's a great artist. It's just, I prefer this version. So, yeah. yeah right we got a few more ratings in. Uh, Auburn Kathy gave it an eight. Makes me want to know more about her. Happy belated birthday, um, Kathy. Uh, Jim Meal gave it a seven. Auburn Elvis gave it eight truncheons. Trey Black said it was seven. The focus on Nita is good as she is the focus of the story. And Robbie shouting at her makes it pop. But the lack of background and that ad just bugged me. Uh, let's see. I think that's all we got. But like Jason, you put an ad for something on a cover. Jason gets mad. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess that Dragon Quest was giving uh, Marvel some money at the time. I guarantee you, it wasn't just on New Warriors. It was probably every uh, comic book that came out at that time. I'd have to, of course, look and see if I had any comic books from that date and time. I'm sure I do, but that's just a educated guess. Real quick, what's Dragon Quest? Oh, isn't that? It's like um, it's an RPG, right? Dragon Quest, uh, also known as Dragon Warrior. The first like four games were Dragon Warrior, and then it became Dragon Quest right about this time. In the oh, oh, 
Thank I you. didn't know that. I think that's the Dragon Quest they're referring to. But yeah, okay. to this day, it's now known as Dragon Quest. And I think it, it was like Dragon Warrior in the U.S. for the first four games. And then it, it and I think in Japan, it was Dragon Quest. So, you know, anyways, there you go. Trey Black tells us that it is a D&D board game. Um, oh, so they're talking tabletop. Maybe not a video game at this point. Yep. yep. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, I, I was way off. <laughs> and real quick, uh, Courtney Holland uh, gave the cover five. She wasn't a fan of it, said uh, just too much green. Uh, and what I actually like about it is even though it was a different color in the background, like the it was a different color than Namorita's green. And you could tell the difference between that. So I don't like they don't give uh, credit to the colorist on covers. That was alliterative. But mm. I, I actually didn't mind it uh, because it also set off the other colors of the Warriors, even including Rage, who has a little bit of green in his costume, too. Um, and man, we, we got a knowledgeable crowd here. Linkovich uh, says, no, the Japanese role-playing game was Dragon Warrior here because of that game. So I guess there was just a name. Apparently difference. a name thing. I guess I got thrown off because they specifically used the word video, but it doesn't say video game. I guess, uh, who knows? Yeah. Who know? You know and what? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and he continues, by the way, of saying, um, starting with Dragon Quest Thirteen, the U.S. stopped using Dragon Warrior. Color me surprised. Like, I, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard me say, like, the very first game that I, I ran, I put on Layaway. I put Dragon Warrior on Layaway. And I bought it, and I was so happy, and I brought it home and played the heck out of it. And I didn't even know that there were that many Dragon Warriors, and now I kind of want to look up <laughs> He did Warriors. a little typo. It starts at 8, and he caught himself on that in the chat. It starts oh. at Welcome to Dragon Warrior Dragon Quest Chat with Delvin and Jared. I'm, man, I'm tempted to go buy a, a regular Nintendo, and you could probably get it on Steam. Play Dragon War. You can because Pat showed me. Mm-hmm. If I got, yeah. I can, I can get it on Steam and play it. And I found out finally how to get like the big Erdrich. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember you looked it up. It was crazy yes. stupid. It was so stupid how hard it was. <laughs> it was so hard. Oh, did you go down? Anyway. You make a left? Did you make another left? And then make two right? <laughs> you, go, you go all the way to the end. You fight the dragon. Take the sword. Flip it in the air. You know what? I can't finish that. Okay. Uh, Jared is about to read the cover credits <laughs> for the issue. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So here's the credits for this issue. This is New Warriors number 30. Its on sale date was October 27th, 1992. Its cover date was December of 1992 with a cover price of $1.25 pop. The stories by Fabian DCAs. The pencils are Derek Robertson. The inks are Larry Malstead. Colors, Joe Rosas. Letters, Joe Rosen. And editor is Bob Tokar. Tok- Isn't that a Turtles villain? <laughs> Tokar? Anyways, uh, thanks to Mike's Amazing World of Comics. And I guess we will send it to Delvin for a story synopsis. You will. Just real quick, Trey mentions like now I need a let's play with you two. I don't know if <laughs> Dragon Warrior would be the best one, but I, I can tell you, like, I mean, and it's it's been way too long since I visited Casa de Alberic. Uh, but when I would come over there, like, I mean, there would always be a Mega Man game that Jared and I would play, and it would always start off horribly because we were like, oh my God, we're just getting destroyed. And then, like, we'd look it up, and then, like, I would be the main person that played, and then Jared would be the strategist, and and we'd always be, we want to beating it before, like, we I beat a lot of Mega Man games together. 
we have beaten a lot of Mega Man games together. And sometimes, man, that gameplay is not the greatest. And that jump, makes it jump, so slide, stupid. slide, jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. The title of this book is Or Land Must Burn. The new warriors learned that Edwin Starr was correct. War is good for absolutely nothing. They help bring the Trans-Sabal situation to a pause, not really an end, and get a little bit jaded in the process. Also, where's Silhouette? So we're going to talk about it. You know how we do it. When Jared is around, Jared brings up images from the book, and we're going to talk about that part or that part of the book and then continue all the way through the end. Jared. All right, sir. I believe I have six images for you in this one. All right, we need to start out. We got to clear some de- clear some decks right here at the beginning of the show here, folks. I imagine if you bought this comic off the spinner rack in 1992 and you were of Delvin and I's age, so if you were about maybe 14 years old, pulling this book, it probably is uh, deep and meaningful and, you know, the uh, uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm had um, been in full swing at this point. And this was probably like a big commentary uh, um, on war in your youth. And you probably really like and appreciate this book. I read it last week. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> so we're just going to clear that deck right off the bat. I imagine if I read it when I was 14, uh, written by a man who was about, I think baby was about 28 at the time. You know, um, his, his views on wars and all this thing uh, as a young man, um, I'm sure we're fairly fascinating to the teenage audience. As a man in his 40s who's, who's been to the Middle East for some more, not a fan per se. So let's clear those decks so everybody who loved that issue in the chat can get mad at me now. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. And I found the issue, starting with page one, to be extremely over dramatic, like very like I'm letting my angst out. Uh, type of a deal. So let's start with page one. Look how angsty it is. Look how ang- <laughs> look how angry she continues to be. Uh, it, although it's it's a good it's a good artistically it's a good way to start the book. But man, is there a lot of angry face? There's a literal. Wa- I will cover that later. But man, there's just a lot of this in this issue. And I'll let you talk for a while, Delvin. I've already uh, angered everyone in the office. I doubt that you've angered anyone. I mean, it literally is just your opinion. But um, people going to comment how they're going to comment. Uh, this started where the last issue left off. And man, um, Namorita is in a quandary. She is in a situation where she's caught in the middle. She has a bird's eye view of three people that are in each other's scopes. And she needs to make the decision of what actions she's going to take in order to try to save life. And you're right. I mean, it's not a light situation. I I can't, I I can, you know, I I try to see the positive on things. I'm not saying you don't, because of course you do. Uh, But yeah, this isn't a, this is not an easy situation. And consider that they have name Marita is she's, I don't know if she's a teenager or probably um, in her twenties. It's an easy situation to be in, uh, and she is forced to have to make a decision. And uh, I don't know if, even though I, I think the picture itself is great, um, but I don't know, like based off of her words, where she's kind of saying, "You know, what do I do?" Like, 
it is she's not it doesn't reflect, you know, her kind of having her teeth gritted like that, looking as angry as she does on that picture. So, yeah, um, that's all I got. All right, sir. Uh, just some additional thoughts as as we move on. I, I feel like in, in the, there'll be a, a moment where I, I'll put a picture up for a page later on. It's kind of a kind of a cool big moment, but I feel like the heaviness and the heavy handedness of this whole thing kind of took away from that a bit. I really feel like this is Fabian's commentary on the Middle East war, like like the new warriors is the U.S. You know, should be involved, and he crafted this whole thing of this this person's a legacy, um, you know, king heir to the throne. This person's trying to overthrow this person's that, and I just at some point, like because his backstory was so convoluted with these, I guess, three factors and stuff. I stopped caring. I was just like, I don't. Just let me know when they're done and what the outcome was. So that's where I'm at. Again, sorry if you guys loved it in the chat. I know, like Jason Lady said, he he was there for this when it came out. And I get it. Like, if, as a teenager, this probably seemed like adult, like I'm grown up, you know, reading. And, and I get that. I want to be very, very clear about that. So, again, if you loved it, uh, please, no more angry comments. <laughs> All right. I got go. one for what it's worth. No, we got a good group. I think they I think they get where I'm coming from. It's it's like I was just talking about this on Twitter the other day, and I think you and I have mentioned this before, Del, but it's like I didn't see um the Breakfast Club until I was over 40. And so, you know, we everyone who watched the Breakfast Club back in the 80s were like, Yeah, these, these teens represent me. And then I watched it, and I was like, I'm totally with the vice principal on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which see, the, not where the director wanted you to go. I don't think <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise you, but I haven't seen The Breakfast Club, eight movies, right? But I, I, you know, I was. I do know the formula for '80s movies, especially like the John Landis types movies, or where it's like you know, teens rule, adults drool type thing. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I, I do know it. that. Vibe. Let's just keep uh, real quick. Just a um, there were again, there weren't a ton of comments uh, necessarily about uh, what you and I were saying, but Trey Black added, you know, that was actually kind of the point that they shouldn't have gotten involved in the first place. Um, and Jason, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I got Fabian's very subtle <laughs> what he was trying to do there. I, I got it. <laughs> and Jason mentions uh, Nisiesa returns to Middle Eastern wars in that Freedom Force backup story. You have to help me out, Jason. I don't know what Freedom Force backup story that you're referring to. Hmm. Freedom Force backup. I got nothing. And while you're thinking, uh, Auburn Elvis added, um, the positive spin on that is the writing does a decent job of showing that there are a lot of losers. In the world. Can't uh, argue with that. Yes. Uh, so uh, on to the next page, a few pages <laughs> later, you get the literal why angsty page. Again, kind of heavy handed, but... Um, this is this is uh, Namorita's dealing with her decision or indecision, and I'll let you go from there. Not much to add. Um, it was never a great choice to begin with. The part that, uh, and of course, you're not going to link every page. Uh, she she made the decision not to fire, and then also admitted that I have literally never fired a gun before. I. And if anything, like right there without um, being as heavy handed um, as you're saying that Fabian uh, was as far as the whole book, this kind of portrays right there where Namorita was an entire thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't belong here. I don't 
I have to make a decision. I want to I want to do good. I want to try and save lives here. But in order to save lives, I have to take a life. I can't reconcile with that. And I've never shot a gun. Why am I here type thing? So, like, I would say that that's plenty of reason to have angst if you get what I'm saying. Um, and sure. and so I, I can understand where Nay Marita was coming from in this moment. There was nothing that she could have done that would have brought any better conclusion than what happened. Fair enough. Now, I will give credit where credit's due. In the last issue, uh, he pulled a little trickaroo. You know, who did she shoot? Turns out she shot no one. You know, I, I was pat on that one. I was duped. I was like, oh, yep, she's going to shoot. The- oh, wait. And uh, so from a certain leadership point of view, uh, I can under I understand the angst more from a leadership point of view because she was bitten by the indecision bug. Decision was pulled from her hands, which keeps her clean as a superhero. But it's it's much there's a lot more regret usually involved in the things you didn't do than the things you did. Just my point of view. Uh, let's see. couple comments. Um Auburn Elvis adds a no prize there and says it's heavy handed because all of this is Namorita's recap to the U.S. government. So some of the details got embellished in the retelling. <laughs> I would um, like to be there. She was like, she was telling him. So then I was like, <laughs> they're like, are you okay? Do you need a minute? <laughs> uh, Jonathan Schaefer Hames adds there's angst and then there's angst. Hello? I think he's feeling me on this one. And uh, Jason Lady, uh, to interject some humor, uh, says Nita was unsure of her weapon because it was actually a vacuum. <laughs> I thought it was an espresso machine. <laughs> Did that to get you to laugh. Uh, and uh, let's see. Yeah, I think we're good to go. <laughs> I've enjoyed uh, John the Chamber Hames' riffing with up the whole she's telling this story and he said, I threw myself to Grammy on why? Did you write that down? Uh, all right. Let us move on. Speaking, someone mentioned earlier that they really liked um, basically the interview, like the basement of the Pentagon or wherever the heck they were, Capitol building, I think, sort of under the green light interview panels. And that started last issue. And so, of it course, is. I included one of those because that's sort of the through point of the two issues is her sort of defending herself and her team against decisions they made to the uh, to the U.S. government. And they kind of go back and forth on that. And uh, it's, I guess, some of the more compelling stuff. It's, in- it's interesting to note that the sort of um, stagnant one location, just people talking across the table scenes are a little more engaging to me than the big action parts. I think I think they're just kind of condensed down and they're easier to follow. Like I said, that whole backstory about the people who wants power for what it's about confusing is the real backstories of conflicts in the Middle East. And at some point you just like, OK, I give up. You guys, you guys are in trouble. You're in a spot that no one wants to be in. <laughs> you know. So let me know when you're out of it was basically my attitude. I mentioned that earlier. But now yeah. we're focusing on sort of more of that tighter recap storytelling. And, and I do agree with whoever mentioned that in the chat. Those. You know, those are probably the strongest moments of the book for me. And I pass it to you. I think it was a realistic part. I This is one of those. And Fabian, I, what I will give Fabian credit for is nothing but the truth, for instance. Like we remarked on how there's not many comic books that have like courtroom drama in it. 
And so he injected a little bit of realism into that and and could not actually believe that Vance was going to go to jail. But no, that doesn't happen. Superheroes don't go to jail. What are you talking about? And so this is kind of a continuation of that where, I mean, he has his characters embroiled in a war time situation that they were not prepared for. They went in with the most honorable of intentions and did not make things better. And this is kind of a fallout from it. Namorita is the leader or was the leader of this faction. And so she had to go in front of the government and answer questions about it. And heck, at this point, <laughs> what is Namorita going to get like put in chains and thrown in the brig at the end of this? Like that was a valid question seeing as the people that she was in front of certainly had the ability and the power to do so. So like just adding that little bit, I agree. Like these were kind of heavy portions of it. And then there's all, you know, there's that young versus old dynamic. That's a part of it too. It made it pretty complex. A uh, few comments. Um, uh, Courtney actually asked, was this a glow in the dark? It was like, I don't think it's going to dark Courtney, just uh, some really good colorings uh, that was used. Uh, AU Kathy mentions that she likes the page aesthetically it seems different than the normal, um, excuse me, than the normal layout. Um, Jason Lady just said that it was well drawn. Uh, and uh, Matt Passo adds that the column layout works so well because they kept it really thin and clipped. And, you know, it's either like just a close up of a face or the government part in shadows. So like, yeah, I think most people would agree that this part of it was effective. What you got, Jared? And I want to appreciate the government employees uh, saving us all on the electric bill and only using five lights for a 6,000 square foot room. (laughs) (laughs) Who says that government is always inefficient? That's right. They're like, you know what? Just the five. Okay. (laughs) Let's not get carried away. (laughs) All right, guys. On the very next page, we return to an action shot of the new warriors teaming up with... um, Forces of nature. Forces of nature. And I picked this one because artistically it's pretty awesome. Everything comes together here well. Uh, there's a lot of energy in it. Good coloring work by the colorists. Everything here is it's just really nice artistically. This is this is the kind of stuff you kind of come to comic books for. Although, not a big fan of Rage's new costume. I like his old costume better. I like his old one better. But uh, maybe I got to get used to this. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're going to see him in another costume. I do I think so. it well, this was... This one's just not big on it for some reason. I think it was a good idea to get him out of the Avengers costume, right? Like, you it, know, it, it helps delineate era. When you when you look at a comic, you'd be like, "Oh, that's his Avengers era. That's his New Warriors era." I get that, sure. I mean, if it matters any, Matt Possible agrees with you. He says that he's just not a fan of Rage's mask costume. So uh, there is that. So. Um, and well, and Jason Lady disagrees and says, I like this rage costume the best. So you know what? Different, different strokes, different folks. I I do think it's a great splash page. And I think that rage being featured in it worked out well. Like, I mean, this was a great team effort of where Fabian didn't put a lot of dialogue on this page and gave Derek a chance to shine. And Larry uh, complimented well with the inks. And then the callers came in and created for a uh, very good page of a comic book artwork. Uh, Just speaking of the story, 
by this time, the Warriors have just had it. They're just ready to uh, kick some butt and take some names. And uh, I think that's enough. We've, we've talked pretty much about uh, the story and how um, uh, complex it is. Some might say convoluted. Uh, so we can move on. I'm a simple man. All right. Let's just <laughs> uh, one thing I want to point out before we move on from this page that I think the colorist did a good job on. I, I did a 66% good job on one of my very favorite things just from a comic book making point of view. You may have to squint really close or looking. Look at look at Namorita's uh, costume, right? The green uh, swimsuit. Mm-hmm. And notice how that's a lighter green on her right, our left, because Firestar is a light source. And I'm like, that is really good. And it's carried over to Rage. You get highlights of brighter colors over his shoulders and back. Didn't carry it over to Speedball, which disappoints me a little. It would have been perfect if they'd done that with Speedball. But clearly the colorist understood that Firestar as a character is a light source. And that kind of technical stuff always makes me. And she's she's going to get her moment. And I know that you included that page. I've got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the page. Now the page is not done justice on our screen because it's a screen capture from Marvel unlimited. What you have to understand is this is a two page spread in the comic book itself. So it's very impactful uh, in the comic. And we've got Firestar just when you thought we might've been out of angst. And this is, this is to me clearing the decks. Once again, this is to me the most, frustrating part of the issue the art is glorious i mean artistically it's amazing right derek is knows what he's doing malstead does colorist does the oh malstead had to be pissed when he saw all those lines that he had to do with a ruler (laughs) i'm talking about all those lines that shoot out from her every one of those is a ruler line and as a guy who's inked some comics every time he got to get that tool it takes a little longer I'm sure he was like, oh, my gosh. And then he went so far as to go in and erase some of his lines. If you see a little circle work, there's circles inside the lines. That's actually erased lines. So I don't know if he wide it out over. I'm getting nerdy on the text again. This is the artistically. It's awesome. It's disappointing to me because it was such an angsty, angsty, angst issue. I just did. <laughs> I just did not enjoy the whole she, you know, she goes through all her mental problems and I'm like, OK, but it got I could get that, but it got so heavy handed. Vance in jail, Vance in jail, Vance in jail. Ah, let's ah, like all out. And I thought, on on one hand, I get it. I get the storytelling thing that they're trying to do. I was already feeling like this was a little over over heavy handed issue already, and this felt like more angst and heavy handedness. And then I I don't know if I have. I don't think I do have the next page included. So you're just gonna have to wonder. But like, you go to the next page, and it's like mildly impressive i was like after this i thought she's gonna like like it was gonna be a huge it was like it was like a block and a half that was singed and i was like hmm. all right well last page was, had really good art on it so here we are back to you delvin <laughs> okay um the page before actually and i have to go through uh, about four pages of dragon quest ad <laughs> <laughs> you know you know how to play the game you have the rules right there uh, I, I i would have the rules if i thought to read the pages which i did not um i liked it and i actually thought that you would like it and because you have mentioned several issues about how fabian has hinted about firestar's mm-hmm. power and it's clearly something that the warriors have thought about too because when Namorita, you know, she's leading the team and she sort of came in as like, okay, you know, this is a heavily guarded palace and 
when she looks at Angel, like, Angel, you have to take them out and we don't have time to waste. And just kind of leaves it at that. And and then at that point, it's giving Angelica's reasons for having all of this built up rage. She's in a war. She was not happy how the trial went. She is absolutely frustrated that the man she loves is in jail, et cetera, et cetera. And it built up in like these heavily armed forces. Now, what I will add is what they could have done. Um, I mean, the, the splash page is gorgeous. I, it is a gorgeous splash no page. Debate. No debate. And it is a Phoenix moment for her, as someone mentioned uh, in the uh, book. But like what I, of what they could have done is show the forces that she took out basically by herself. Because like when after the splash page, you had both rage and speedball going like, geez, (laughs) she just took everybody out. And like and we didn't even have to lift a finger to it. I thought that that was a suit. It was super impressive. And it certainly served as that, you know, Deus ex machina, where it's like she's like, okay, no, we don't have to worry about these heavily armed forces. I am so angry and frustrated and powerful that I can get through all of this and not even have to think about it. I actually thought that you would like it. I, I wanted more. I, I, I feel like a block and a half's worth of devastation is kind of cool. Uh, the whole the whole having the guy say G's and G's squared is almost like they're trying to sell me the moment. I was like, don't sell me the moment with dialogue. You know, I, I wanted something bigger from her. I wanted I wanted when her lid finally comes off, like for it to be... Matt, like, I think she, I'm not writing the character, but I feel like she has the power to, like, level an entire city the size of, like, New York City if she let it all go. And here it was, like, a block and a half's worth of stuff. And it just might be, you know, they had so many pages and panels to tell the story, and and maybe they just couldn't get the scope that they wanted in the follow-up panel. But I was like, I like like the moment, even though it was a little heavy-handed with the dialogue. And I think that's, like I said earlier, it's just I was already kind of like, okay, I've had enough heavy-handedness over the last two issues, and this is just more of it. I like the art, and I like the moment, but I, I feel like we got shortchanged on the on the next page. Like, okay, so she's as powerful as the Human Torch when he's, like, mildly irritated, I guess. That's how, that's how I came away from it. Just not, not the impact I wanted. A few comments. Uh, Matt says, great Phoenix-style moment. Uh, Jason Lady says, Firestar is powerful. Uh, let's see. And Trey kind of agreed, said, uh, yeah, it's definitely giving Phoenix vibes. Courtney said, wow, she reminds me of Rogue from X-Men. Um, uh, let's see. Trey added, I like the fact that they threw in the whole thing about the Avengers snubbing her. Uh, that bit bugged her. It was petty, but funny. <laughs> that was a neat little tie-in to, what was that, the Infinity that was Infinity going on? Infinity War. Yeah. Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, Matt Possel just added as a question, maybe even though she was letting everything out, she still may be holding back out of fear of hurting her teammates. Um, and, and see, I can agree with that to, to a bit too. Cause if you look at the follow-up page, such as it is, they're clearly in a city. So she has no idea how many non-combatants are in that area. So right. she could have been holding mm-hmm. back, but see, that's the antithesis of what I want to see. I want to see what happens when she goes all out. I think there's more to be seen. I just do. Yep. Yep, yep. Cool. All right. We're moving on then. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. To the final page, which might be the final page. I'm trying to remember. It is. Yes. So uh, more worse stuff goes on. There's more angry. There's. Uh, you want me to count how many angry Nita faces there are? 
Only if you want to. Three, four, <laughs> 16, 17. <laughs> All right, there's not 17. We get tearful. We get tearful, Nita. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have this on this page, but when they're leaving in the helicopter, the helicopter is clearly using the reference of an age 64 Apache, which <laughs> it can, can seat up to two people at most. You're not fitting the whole team in there. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, I mean, the last page is really just kind of the wrap-up. Uh, pretty much between the Firestar moment to here, they have more uh, angsty teen sadness where they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have got involved in this. And teams back together. And you did ask a good question in your uh, summary earlier. I believe they're like, where is silhouette these days it's like mm-hmm. she kind of she, wasn't she was there right in the last issue in the middle east and then she's kind of and she was in this one a little bit okay i couldn't remember the two oh, blend together a in my little head. bit because she came out of their shadows and attacked somebody but like towards the end we didn't see her and people uh, like what uh what yeah, happened right. to her like i guess Absolutely. it was assumed that she came back she wasn't a uh casualty of war thankfully um but they don't know what happened to her. And if you remember last issue, um, the guy that uh, people are assuming order was the Vanisher came to the studio, uh, like the MTV-esque studio, right, looking right. for her, and he just vanished. Looks like those things might be related. Yes. Uh, again, not a fan of this story arc, but I like what's going on in the sub story B. You're right. That is, that's intriguing. I'm interested, and I want to know more. Mm-hmm. And... Jason is asking just he's like literally since the comic came out what is Nita doing with the he called it a pop can in the upper right no one calls it pop it's soda or drink <laughs> my family calls it pop my Indiana family calls it pop <laughs> Your Indiana family in an Indiana town um mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I have no idea on that one maybe it was just trying to give her a moment us uh, to stop and reflect not quite sure if anything like those the lettering and the the pencils and inks were a little bit sketch on the last two pages i i noticed it too felt like maybe it was rushed or maybe someone did a pinch hitting job that didn't get any credit in the book you know that happens from time to time on comics so like we oh we gotta get this last page out you know hey guy in the bullpen will you ink this real quick that could happen that really could yeah yeah, just something about it just looked a little bit off. Like, I, yeah, you're right. Like, maybe they spent so much time on that splash page or something that just something about the quality of the last two pages did drop just a tad. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then, like, if, if since I'm being a little bit nitpicky, that the line of dialogue that Firestar has, it seems like that should have been Namorita's dialogue and not Firestar's. So, felt the same way. Yeah. So, uh, I did think that was interesting. And I think that the conclusion, like you skipped over a few pages just talking about the war. And like there's there's a reveal that um, that basically um, that the freedom fighter forces were motivated uh, because like they were basically sponsored by uh, a bordering neighbor uh, to even uh, continue to instigate that. And it was at that point that the warriors are like, <clears throat> we are completely over our heads on this. They already knew it. And then that was kind of just a ceiling moment that they really were uh, completely over their head. And, and then they, you know, I was going to say pull chocks, but do you really pull chocks with a helicopter? Uh, you can answer you can, that question. Sure. 
Okay. Because they were I using an want... A6, what they were using was an A64, which is a wheeled, a, it has a wheeled landing gear, so you can put chocks on it if you want. <laughs> I, I asked the question. <laughs> I asked the question, so I, I can't wince too much at the answer. Um, yeah, so it, it was, it added a another fin- final layer, and that's where we left Transabal, uh, to where the overall scorecard is the Hulk and the Pantheon, like even more powerful people than the new warriors came in, tried to fix the situation of sorts, did not fix it. The warriors came in, tried to fix the situation, did not fix it. So yeah. And then there was even the government's involvement in it as well, which there's not, not really any need to continue to revisit, but the warriors kind of came to their conclusion and that, you know what? You know, we did try and help, but some situations maybe cannot be helped. It's it. I think for a storyline in a situation like this, if you're going to involve your characters in it, I, I'm actually glad that it wasn't kind of a neat, clean solution, if you get what I'm saying, because I don't think that it can be like war's hell. There's there's nothing really particularly gratifying or satisfying about it. Um, and and pretty much any country involved in it you know, they're going to think that they're the hero in that situation. So you're going to have heroes from each country, like by those countries anyway. And it's just a complex situation. I don't have anything else to add. I think I said probably too much. No, that's perfectly fine. I mean, at the end of the day, I do think this is, you know, angsty late twenties Fabian giving his uh, opinions on, on the middle East war. Now I, which I don't want my comics, but I'm also not saying he's wrong. I mean, his main point, I mean, I've been to the war. I've been to the war where our enemy insurgents were very much being funded by a neighboring country. (laughs) So he's not wrong. So I don't want to beat the guy up for, for, you know, I I call the issue heavy handed and I still think it is. And I still think it's kind of his thought piece on the war. And I, at the end of the day, do I, do I care what a comic book writer in New York city thinks about war events? Not really. I want Biff Bam Pow. But I also want to stress that I don't think he's wrong. Like the the overall things, yeah. You and I both know we've been there, especially over there where they've been, <laughs> over in those places where they've been fighting for hundreds of years. You ain't changing nothing. You ain't changing nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is where the show got depressing, folks. But it's real, and it, and and I will give credit where it's due that Fabian's overall thought, even as an angsty twenty year old guy who doesn't know much about military affairs, he's not wrong. So I I, I want to be clear on that. I'm not not beating him up. Uh, just not my favorite storyline. Well, and I want to add another uh, quick layer to it. And just, it, it's not like in any meaningful way or boastful way that Jared or I would um, brag about being uh, veterans. Uh, Jared served, um, he did serve in Iraq for six months, yes. And I served in Afghanistan for six months. So I got to see uh, a, a part of, of, Thankfully, not combat, but, you know, people who were in combat, I was very close to it. Uh, So, you know, this is two veterans kind of giving their opinion on a uh, comic book piece that, you know, came around when we were uh, teenagers that uh, and then we joined a ROTC class that was largely inspired uh, by Desert Shield, Desert Storm activities. We came into probably one of the largest ROTC classes uh, that Auburn had seen uh, at Mm. that time. So. Well, we definitely have a unique perspective uh, on that whole thing. But in any event, let's get back to that comic book stuff, Jared, and uh, you're up. I'm probably uh, supposed to be doing something. 
Probably. Oh, it's it's time for the Ultimate Warrior and Warrior. Of course it is. Yes. Yes. Well, what, I'm going to change the banner. Okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and we can, I'm going to, uh, this is going to be great podcast listening for the podcast version when this comes out. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm also changing the picture back to the cover. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about Ultimate Warrior and Ultimate Warrior. Who do you think acquitted themselves very well in this book? Who are you concerned about? I think we're concerned about everybody. <laughs> I don't know that anybody came out looking good on this one. But Delvin, who do you think acquitted themselves the best? And who are you worried about? Let's start with who do you think did the best? So if I had to pick, like, you know, I won't. I can't, if, with this issue, is the wrong, it's the wrong time to use the phrase if I had to pick at gunpoint. Um but if if I had to pick Firestar in reality, I would say nobody. Nobody is the war, the ultimate warrior here because like they weren't put in a situation where they could be heroes. They may have thought that that was the situation at the start, but at the end, eh, no. Um, the best action for them to do is realize that there is not really much of anything we could do in this situation, and to G. T F O. Who do you think the ultimate warrior is? I'm going to agree with you on this one. Uh, I think Firestar had the best moment, although before we go on to how I thought it was a bit undercut. So oh yeah, I'll give it to her, but I'm like you. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's like the sprinkled dog turd award. Like we put some glitter on a dog turd. <laughs> like it's the best we can do right now because there's, there's no good for this. Uh, you could make a case for name Marita um, in that, at least she made the best out of the bad situation and mm-hmm. she owned it, it, it with the government. She owned what she did or didn't do. She, she stayed strong in her convictions and basically was like, yeah, I guess we learned a lesson on this one. Didn't we folks? You know? So yeah, that's, I could go that way too. And then as far as warrior <clears throat> right now, I'm worried for me. I'm hoping there's no more books like this so that we can get back to some more uh, Biff Van Powell kind of stuff and uh, and move on. Trey added, um, Delman did not just do the sprinkle meme. You can't prove that I did. It. <laughs> did you do it? That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you could go back later, but by then I'm going to be gone and I'll, I'll pretend like this never happened. I will get the <laughs> out of you, Trey Black. Um, so... Uh yeah, warrior. I can go with Sill because um because we don't that's legit. Yeah, yeah. What's she going on there? Popping in and out, and then all of a sudden she was just gone, and there hadn't been any explanation as to why she was gone. So kind of worried about that, and and I'm a little bit worried about Namorita too because man, I mean she definitely had to wear that heavy mantle of leadership. And I can tell y'all, being a leader ain't always fun. It, and matter of fact, if you're doing leadership right, it ain't. It's like 98% unglorious. And it is a burden that, that you want to do because you ultimately believe that you can help people and do more help than harm. Uh, and when Namorita got to the point where she saw that she there was no way that her and her team could help, she got the heck out. And I do admire her for that, but at the same time, I'm worried because heavy is the head that wears the crown sometimes. Um, and let's see, was there anything else? I'll tell you this. Jim Meal uh, pointed something out. Uh, he said, how'd they get away with Namorita pointing a gun at the reader? I thought they were not supposed to do that on covers. And I think think that starts just a little bit later. People get more sensitive to that. 
And uh, I will now tell a fun tale out of school. Uh, when I got the gig to draw the sketch cards for the Marvel trading cards, one of the characters I got to do was the Punisher. And it said in my rules for drawing the Punisher, he can't be shown holding a weapon. And I was like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, what? It's the you Punisher. Know, right? I, okay. So I, I don't know when they officially made that rule, Jim. I think it, it comes probably in the later 90s or early 2000s. I might be making that up. But no, he's right. Because there's, like I said, I get these certain rules when I was doing those Marvel sketch cards for characters. And so in mine, I just had the Punisher's rifle slung across his back. And I did it mostly in silhouette, too, just to be on the safe side. Real quick, before we get to ratings, just a few comments about Warrior and Warrior. Uh, Auburn Elvis said he's concerned about silhouette. She's gone and no one noticed. They noticed, but she is gone. Matt Posso says warrior, Firestar warrior, racist <laughs> costume choice. Um, Courtney is, says that she's worried about everyone. Jason Lady agree with me, says, yeah, no one really for the warrior. Um, Jason Lady is worried about Nita because she is on the edge. Um, and let's see, did I forget anybody? Just making sure everyone is included there. I think we're good to go. Uh, so while I go find that comment and take it down, oh, you already did. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we can rate this book one to 10. Um, I will definitely expect ratings in the comments too, but I will start with Jared. Jared, what would you rate new warriors 30? Uh, okay. So let's talk about how Jared does his ratings on some of our other shows. If I don't finish it, that's a one, right? If I bail out on it, it's a one. Uh, I thought about bailing out on it at a certain point, but I said, no, I'm going to stick with it. It was just enough to keep me going. Uh, the art is very good. It's just so heavy and angsty and very, I don't know, kind of of the time, I guess. Not one of my favorites. That's my long window way of saying I'm going to give it a three. Okay. So for the sake of averaging, um, and I also, but Whole truth in advertising. When I read it, my first thought, my first read through, I gave it a six. Um, and I, I will, I'm going to bump it to a seven, if only because I was happy that it did not end with that neat bow. You know, like I give Fabian and company credit for telling a story that wasn't going to be easy. And that is kind of the theme for the new warriors. Even Fabian kind of mentioned that in about how he, uh, he and the editor or Dan, Danny finger off the start just went knocked down drag out because of not necessarily political differences, but Fabian thought one way about things and Danny thought another way about things. And I'm sure that that continued with Rob Tokar taking over uh, as editor too. So he put the Warriors in a situation that was not the prettiest situation. It did not end pretty, and it seems like it didn't end pretty by design. So, yep, it wasn't exactly my most favorite either, just to be absolutely clear, but I still think it was pretty good. And so I'm going to give it a seven. Um, most of the people are with you. Auburn Elvis gave it a 6.5. I reject that outright. Rejected. Auburn Elvis, you know, you know better. You, you've been here with us long enough. That's rejected. Matt gives it a six ish. Uh, they learned a lesson, but eh, you know, I want to, I want to touch on that real quick though. Uh, because sure. I, I gave a little bit of crap to Fabian, although not too much again, uh, he wasn't wrong, but I do appreciate the fact that he wrote a story 
that I hope has impact in the future. Like they bit off more than they could chew. Just like, like Matt was saying, like they, this is a serious lesson learned. Like we're a really powerful team. Let's go fix the world. Nope. No. <laughs> Stick to street level crime kids. Get those drug dealers off the street. That's what you're good at. <laughs> like it, it, it did provide a young sort of hot headed and brash team. That little bit of, you know, they, Reality they, learned, they, they got some help, you know, that the, what they just did is the equivalent of what we've talked about before. Like the worst thing that can happen to you in the Marvel universe is Captain America just shaking his head. Like, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he would have shook his head on this one and said, Nope, you guys. Did so not very, right, before I get to other ratings, I, I saw an Elseworlds cartoon about Superman. And yes, they, if they intentionally started heavy by uh, Joker manipulated Superman into killing Lois Lane. And so Superman, in turn, killed the Joker. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he found him and he murked that dude, like, without remorse. And he found himself, like, basically at that point, like, because there are some people that kind of sided with him, some people that didn't. And then Superman just, it, it just kept spiraling to where Superman tried to fix everything. And that led to dire consequences. He is literally the most powerful human on the planet. He tried to fix everything and to put everything in his image. And uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> trouble in the absolute worst way. It is just, it goes back to that Spider-Man uh, adage, right? And I will get it right for the sake of Dan Slott. With great power must come great responsibility. Says everyone always forgets that must part. Um, just read that in a recent issue of Spider-Man. Uh, Trey Black gave it a six, says add no adds nothing in the long run, but I think the biggest thing about the story is that it adds to what's coming, specifically for Nita. Jason gave it a six, said one of the weaker New Warriors stories, though I admire them doing something a little different and topical. Auburn Elvis said to your three, why? <laughs> Um, Jim Mill gave it a four, says it was he did not finish it. Uh, Courtney Holland uh, gave the cover five and added points to a seven uh, for the st overall story. Um, and um, let's see. And Matt Apostle, the story I was talking about was Injustice, said it was brutal. It was. It was brutal. Nightwing died in that one, and it was ugly. I, I bet died. Dan Didio was pleased as punch. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> all right, y'all. Uh, first of all, thank y'all so much for your uh, active participation in the chats. As always, y'all are awesome. We do it. Especially for, you. for me. Thank you so much. I know that you guys are here for love of New Warriors, and this was not my highlight of the series. Thank you for allowing me my space to have that opinion and not jumping all over me. I do appreciate it. But understand, Jared. I mean, I love you. I find fault in you sometimes. You love me. You find fault in me sometimes. I, I, that's like love isn't always sunshine and rainbows. You know, sometimes you, you got to get to that, you know, crust of the thing where you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I love you. I don't necessarily love that about you. Same thing with New Orleans. Just how it be sometimes, my friend. Um that is the show, everybody. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss New Warriors 31, where the New Warriors mourn the loss of the Hellions. If you'd like to hear more from us, the Longbox Crusade, y'all, we are everywhere. We are on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on YouTube. We're on YouTube Music. 
That's right. If you want to look us up on YouTube Music, we're there. We're on Spotify. Any, uh, we are on Patreon. Anywhere you want to look for uh, the Longbox Crusades, you can find us. You can join Patreon. Longbox, uh, just look for Longbox Crusade. You will find us. We are grandfathered in, y'all. So $1 a month will get you access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. And if you join today, you can come and listen to some exclusive content as we podcast tomorrow. Um, about uh, Amazing Spider-Man 218 and um, Uncanny X-Men 146. Sure, I don't have in front of me, but it sounds good. I'm pretty sure it's 146. So you, you get to see uh, the lads behind the scenes, uh, which is, uh, <laughs> you get to see that the recording is sometimes a little bit different <laughs> than what is uh, going on behind the scenes. And, and, and I hope that you enjoy it. I think the people who've come in I uh, have enjoyed it and uh, find it fun. And we enjoy having y'all here too. Uh, you can email us at contactthelongboxcrusade.com and you can leave us a voicemail about this podcast or any other podcast at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Dude, I've heard that so much. I do not have that number. I was not looking on the screen. <laughs> I'm just heard it so much that I remember it now. Uh, so uh, that's it for us other than Jared telling us where he can be found. All right, sir. I'm at Yard Sale on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, on Instagram, and on the Facebook. And of course, you can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. You can find me at New Warriors Suicide is Painless.com. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> on Twitter, DE underscore RAY1977. On Instagram, uh, at Delvin Ray. And that is it. See you all next time. And remember, be a hero to someone, even if it's just to yourself. And until next time, New Warriors. I'm out to play. See you, everybody. Good night, everybody. New Warriors, come out to play. music is provided by musical genius joe november check out his soundcloud at j-o-s-e-f-l-i-n-9-9 you won't regret it